Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. We're talking safety today, Odd Rod. We are. We are, Mr. Pitts. I want to tell you. Tell me. Safety is a very important thing. If you want to be safe, it is, yes. And living in the 30s and the 40s were extremely dangerous. Yeah, I mean, like... Well, the good thing is people still smoked at the gas pump, so it was before gas was flammable, so that made things a little safer. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. There were no seat belts, so obviously people didn't, like, fly out of their cars and wrecks, so it was a little safer there. You know, a lot of things have changed. A lot. And with that change, we're talking about the 48 Tucker. Uh, A lot of people may not know about this car. There's only 51 produced because of Preston Tucker's uphill battle with the big three and everyone in Detroit and the government. He fought a lot of obstacles. There's actually a movie on that that I encourage everybody to go watch. If you're Tucker, re- a man in his dream. Exactly. If you're remotely a car guy, I highly, highly encourage you to go watch this movie. Who's the director of that movie? I have no idea. Francis Ford Coppola. Do you know? I got a little background story to that. Feed me. Francis Ford Coppola. No, I won't feed you. I can't afford that. It's too far from payday. Francis Ford Coppola. His dad was an original an original dealer for Tucker. Oh, really? This is how Preston Tucker financed the Tucker Car Company, is he actually went out to service stations and said, how would you like to own your own Tucker dealership? And he sold these guys, and he got their money on said cars that are going to be coming out, and he took that money to build the cars. No, it's smart. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. But his father actually invested in the Tucker Motor Company. And they actually started talking about doing this movie in 77. It was done in 88, year before you were born. Yes. Child. Good movie, though. Great movie. So the Tucker 48 it featured a lot of amazing things. And one that's awesome and probably its most predominant feature is the directional third headlight known as the Cyclops Eye sitting in the front center of the car. The light would activate at steering angles of greater than 10 degrees and it would move around. As you made a turn down a corner, the light would follow so you could see around where you're going. You actually thought about doing directional fenders. Yes. Yeah. Where the headlights the, turned with yeah. the fenders. One of the first prototypes was, yeah. With and the then fend- they decided real quick that was bad because it works like rudders on a boat. <laughs> but, you know, at that time there was like 13 states that more than two headlights were illegal. So he actually had a cover created for the Cyclops headlights to accommodate for that law. That's insane. So, I mean, a lot of innovation went into that and the thinking of that. And, you know, they they hated it. You know, Ford, Dodge, Chevy, they hated that. Well, I mean, now Ford and Dodge and and Chrysler both, they are Ford, Chrysler, Ford, Ford, or Chrysler and General Motors. You know, they got a lot of slack too back in the late 60s, you know, when they came out with the rubber bumpers for the cars. Some states, that was fine. Some states, it didn't work. Yeah. You didn't buy a Superbird in some states because it didn't have a metal bumper on the front of it. Exactly. So, like, if you bought a new 69 GTO Judge, it didn't have the Endura rubber bumper on the front of it. It had a chrome bumper just like a Le Mans and actually gave you a credit. 
because you didn't get your GTO bumper. But, you know, with this headlight thing, now you actually see that that technology being used. Uh, the BMW my wife drives to work every day has that exact technology on it. It's, it's, not a, it's not a Cyclops headlight up front in the middle of the BMW, but the headlights will travel left and right, right. with your turning. So, I mean, a technology that was created back in 1948 is used today. But there was also a lot of technology in 1948 that didn't make it. No, absolutely not. So another cool thing, the parameter frame surrounding the vehicle, it had a parameter frame around it for crash uh, protection. And it also had a hidden roll bar integrated into the roof as well for rollovers. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. I'll tell you something, speaking of rollovers, two, two very interesting things about this movie. One, you know, all this happened in Michigan. Yes. Originally. It was filmed in California. Right. You know, the scene in the movie where they're racing the car for 24 hours straight, and the driver, just like you right there yawning, fell asleep behind the wheel and rolled that tucker on the track, and it was still running. Yes. That never happened in real life. That was actually, that you was mean, that was dreamed Do you up. mean to tell me that was a little bit of movie magic? That was movie magic. But this is something very, very, very cool about that, though. All right. That was actually a Studebaker bullet nose, which is very similar to a tucker in a lot of ways. Right. They actually took a Studebaker and modified it. And that car is in a museum. The rollover Studebaker Tucker is in a museum now. That's pretty cool. And, you know, like in the plant. That's actually an old Ford plant where they filmed the Tucker movie. Yeah, I actually and knew you've that. you've seen all the body parts hanging up? Those were fiberglass copies. <laughs> and they painted them to look like metal. Well, you know, they actually do make a kit car of the Tucker now. Well, that's actually made off of those molds that were made for the parts of that movie. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. There's actually a couple street rod Tuckers now because of that. That's awesome. But, you know, some more innovations. This steering box, because this was a rear-engine car, the steering box was placed behind the front axle to help protect the driver in case of a front-end incident. Exactly. So, I mean, they done a lot of things that you just don't stop and think about. You know, Preston was a man ahead of his time. In a lot of ways, he was. You know, uh, the dashboard was padded uh, for front seat passengers. You know, they you know, they padded and recessed the uh, actual gauges and all that so you wouldn't hit knobs and gauges in case of a front-end impact. You'd hit a padded dash. I'll tell you, it had the pop-out windshield also. Also had the pop-out windshield. But another thing about the dashboard is your glove box wasn't located in a normal position where we see a glove box on the passenger side of the dashboard that was actually a crash zone, a safety zone for your passenger to be able to, if the car crumpled up, that was a safety zone for them, you know, legs and whatnot to fit in in case the dash came toward them. Say, so, oh my goodness, we're getting a wreck. Let me get into the crash room. Yeah, pretty much what it was, actually. But yes, like you said, the windshield, it was uh, made from shatterproof glass, and it would also pop out in the event of a crash so you wouldn't have that, you know, piece of six-inch glass in your eye. I mean, watch that. Yeah, that's actually bad for your health, I've heard. It's rough for your eye. Yeah, I've, I've been told that's not good. Although the patch thing, some people can pull it off. But, you know, I mean, Tucker had so many, so many great innovations. And a lot of those got left on the drawing table. You know, and this is just a fun side note, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about this car more in the future. But he had a separate subframe for the engine and complete drivetrain that was held in by six bolts, a lot like a modern C5 Corvette. And his goal and what he achieved was you could actually pull the drivetrain out from beneath this car in 30 minutes. Well, I mean, of course, it was a helicopter engine. Yep. 
Another really cool, interesting thing about the Tucker cars themselves, I'll tell you something that's very interesting. When he built his prototype, he actually built it on a 42 Oldsmobile frame. That was the buck, as they call it, for the original car, which was called the 10 Goose. Yes. You I know, just thought it was insane that they well, started with an Oldsmobile. There's a lot of cool things, and like I said, we'll have to stop one day. We do. We've got Tucker facts for days. Yeah, and we'll have to really talk about this car. But one of the interesting things that I've read about it and you know researched and looked up is one of the motors they were trying to create for this car. They actually only created four of these engines, but one of them had no pistons in it. It was oil-driven by oil pressure alone is what kept the motor you know revolving right so i mean just thinking of a concept like that that was insane well even the helicopter engine was so ford yeah what was that thing 582 cubic inches well you got to think about it in 1948 now keep in mind the bug was still in germany in 1948 yeah and so that was the only there was no rear engine car no no this was this beyond. was beyond ahead of its time exactly I mean, this thing was far, far out there. You remember that they had that commercial, the Tucker commercial they filmed, where the guy pulled up at the service station and popped the hood. Yeah. And there was no motor in there to check the oil. And the lady gets out of the car and opens up the deck lid, and there was the engine sitting there. Yeah, it was, I mean, such an innovative car and had so many safety technology features. I still got to dig that DVD out. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's got me want to watch it again. It's a good one. So, moving on past the Tucker, in 1949, the Chrysler Crown Imperial was the very first car to come with standard disc brakes. In 49. And, then, well, no, and this was a very, very, very futuristic thing. I keep in mind the Corvette didn't get disc brakes till 66. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about a lot of cars. I mean, your Malibu don't have disc brakes yeah. on. Well, it's got drum brakes on all the way around. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I mean, everything had drum brakes on all the way around. I mean, in the GM and Ford categories. Yeah, a lot of cars didn't. Mustangs didn't start getting disc brakes. There was a few more years out than that. Yeah, a lot of cars never really got disc brakes. I mean, up until your seventies, but you know, no, and then there's a lot of cars in seventies that still had drum brakes yeah. on. Speaking of brakes, we got a break right here though, and pay for some. Put them on. Yeah, put on them brakes. We gotta take a little break. That's All right, right guys, you're listening to Hot Rods, Rods and Happy Hours right here on 106.3 WORD. What is happening, dude? Fellow, my fellow friend of the my, air. My fellow friend of the airwaves. We we're talking about safety today. Safety. Automotive safety. Click it. That's right. So, you know, we're talking about the Tucker a little bit, and we were talking about all these innovations through the years. Safety innovations. Safety. So where do we pick up at? Safety children. Well, we're in the 50s now. Ooh. Poodle skirts. Elvis. Yeah, yeah. Happy days. Stuff that I don't remember. Hey. Mel's Diner, that sort of thing. All right, so the year is 1955. Bumper shocks were invented. Bumper shocks. You, have you ever seen the nice usage of bumper shocks? Yes, I have. See, bumper shocks are really cool. And for those newbies who don't know what bumper shocks are, if you get into a slight little fender bender in, say, your 1980 Buick estate wagon, and you get tapped in the bumper, you'll notice your bumper is sitting cockeyed and pushed in. Well, if you come back out tomorrow, your bumper will be in its normal resting position. Thank you, bumper shocks. Bumper shocks. And that's exactly what they're intended for. Was very little, extremely low speed, too. Very, yes. I mean, I'm talking like... Five or less. Yeah. I think, I think, I think they actually uh, were, like, recommended at eight miles an hour or less. I think. 
But you think know. I saw a guy tack a wall one time at eight miles an hour. <laughs> so that guy in, back in 1771 in the tractor. Too bad he didn't have bumper shocks. No joke. But uh, this is a cool feature. It, you know, this is a funny little side story here. Back when my father was in uh, driver's ed, so we're thinking back in 72-ish. My dad graduated in 74, so somewhere in the neighborhood of 70s through 72 would be when he's in driver's ed. Um, his driving instructor, this is a story from my father, uh, his driving instructor actually told him that's what bumpers are for is when you're parallel parking. That's how you know you've gone too far. You just tap the bumper, and then you back up. Try I'm, that today. I'm going to tell you something. If someone taps my bumper, <laughs> I'm going to tap their nose. <laughs> Several times. With my fists. <laughs> Several times. <laughs> but, I mean, that's what his driving instructor, that's what bumpers are for is just to bump them. Yeah, to bump them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see that logic play out today. Uh-huh. Yeah. How about when you're parallel parking, don't bump into my car, please. Yeah. All right, so the following year, 1956, speaking of my dad, the actual year he was born, Ford tried unsuccessfully to uh, interest Americans into purchasing safer cars with their lifeguard safety package. It sounds so lame. (laughs) No, it it sounds terrible. It's like, hey, would you like to buy this Ford Fairlane with a lifeguard safety package? No, no, I don't believe I would. I mean, it's it's lame stuff. I mean, like, what's a safety glass rearview mirror? All right, so here's what you get. This came with three standard features. This is great. A safety, quote-unquote, deep center steering wheel with spokes that would flex. So we're thinking like a banjo steering wheel, banjo-style steering wheel is what I'm thinking. Well, it would actually, it would bend. Yes. Yeah, it had a little give to it, which is pretty cool because old steering wheels of the past would just impale you, so that's actually kind of neat. A safety double grip door latch to prevent the uh, occupant from ejecting in case of a crash. So they actually secured their doors to their car. That's kind of cool. I'm glad they just chose to do that. Yeah, thank you, Ford, for stepping up the game. (laughs) And then safety rearview mirrors to reduce broken glass if shattered. Yeah, just the windshield is attached is what you only thing you got to worry about. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, these were... Now, something interesting. I would love to see a car from 56 with this lifeguard safety package on it. I bet you that's actually really rare because it went over about like a lead balloon would. Not good. Not good. <laughs> but, you know, this is an interesting fact. Despite Ford's failed efforts, it did land it as Motor Trend's car of the year for safety and innovation. So yeah, and it won the JD. It won the JD, JD Power and <laughs> Associates uh, five star crash test. We rating. beat you out, GM. <laughs> so you know, there's only your GM didn't win it. So the uh, I tell you what's so funny about these cars. You're talking about being impaled with a steering wheel. You know that's a possibility. You know, well, it's a very it's 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 very a very good possibility. There's a video on YouTube. You can actually type in old car crash test, and it pulls up a 19. 19- 62 Cadillac sedan DeVille. Big car. Yeah. Big car. 18 feet long. Yeah, you'd Big absolutely car. be safe in it, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, you see that car, that thing's built like a tank. Yeah. Yeah. They took a 2002 sedan DeVille mm-hmm. and they crashed them head on at 50 miles an hour. Now, how'd that play out? Did the bumper shocks come in? Well, play? they had at 50 miles an hour, the bumper shocks were in the trunk. <laughs> this is the, th- the front ones were. Yeah. This is the problem. You know, they put all the dummies in there and all that stuff. And the two caddies hit head on at 50 mile an hour. And it was so crazy because to look at that sedan DeVille, the late model car, 
I mean, knocked the motor down in it. I mean, it was it was a total loss. But the cabin, totally unscathed. Blew the airbags out. Everybody had their seatbelt on. They're strapped in. Now you look at the 62. It just bent the hood up. Bent the bumper. Busted my grill. Almost like you could drive it still. Right. From the outside appearance. They opened the door. It sent the steering wheel and steering column through and decapitated the dummy. Well, that's not good. That's bad. Yeah, that's very bad for business. I mean, but that's the thing from the outside looking in. You're like, oh, caddy took a lick. And then you look, and the dummy's head's laying in the back seat. Whoops. Well, have you seen the uh, the quarter impact of the, uh, what year is that? It was, a 59, it was a 59 Chevrolet and like a 2002 yeah, Impala. Yeah, a W-body Impala versus the old one. And it was a corner on corner impact, and the results. Well, so it'd be like the drivers. Yeah, the two front drivers and the. Yeah, the two drivers. Two drivers, yeah. Quarter just catching. This was an amazing wreck as well. That fifty nine Impala rolled up like a newspaper. It was terrible. It was horrible. I'd hate to have been in that car. I showed that to my. I remember showing that to my parents and like, see, older cars are not as safe because they always they love that I had an older well, car. Well, everybody time. thinks that they think they're so safe. They're not. I mean, and the reason they look good after wrecks is because you take all the impact. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they weren't really thinking about the occupants of the car at that time. They were thinking more about the car surviving. Exactly. Well, no, they built it tough. You no, know, it didn't give. You did. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that's like, uh, I don't know how many people know this. I My first car was a 63 Bel Air, which is Impala. And um, I actually got into a wreck in it. You're in the South. It's an Impala. It's an Impala. But uh, I got into a wreck in this car. And um, what happened is wheel cylinder bled out. I didn't know it. Had to slam on the brakes. Obviously didn't have none, so I rear-ended a truck. Well, the bumper of my car actually went up under the truck and scooped it, so the engine took the impact, and it collectively went down, broke the bell housing, snapped the rear end, broke the uh, drive shaft. Thank God I just took out that stock steering wheel and had a aftermarket, like a GC Grant steering wheel in it, because my, just me, forced, bent the steering wheel around the column and broke the column. Had the original steering wheel been in that car... It probably would have hurt you. If not killed me. I mean, it would have been a totally different story, but I mean... Steering wheel probably been okay. Yeah, steering wheel probably been still nice, but... Um, Get the I blood mean, off. Yeah, wipe the blood off, it should be good to go. But, I mean, that's that's just the thing. The cars weren't that safe back then. No, I mean, they weren't, they weren't safe at all. I no. mean, you got to think about it. I mean, when you look at the dashes of old cars, and they're gorgeous. I mean, they're, I mean, they're works of art. You see all these beautiful chrome pieces, and this ain't none of that newfangled chrome plastic like in your new Cadillac. This is real steel that's chrome-plated. Yeah, that's going to knock and you out. We're talking about metal switches and knobs sticking through. I mean, these things, you hit them, yeah, they're going in your head. Yeah, well, give these commercials through your head, and we'll be right back here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Odd Rod, we're talking about safety. Yes, sir, we are, And dude. we're talking about these metal dashes with all these beautiful chrome knobs and a big chrome radio. And yeah, aren't they just so beautiful? They're gorgeous, especially, especially, when you're, <laughs> especially when your face hits them at 50 miles an hour. Yeah, there's nothing like the top of your head beating off the steel dash of your car. It's awesome. And, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, you got to think, there were not no car seats back then. I mean, heck, kids sat up front. They sat in their mama's lap. They stood up in the back seat. Can you imagine getting into a rear-end wreck with your two-year-old standing well, up in the back? Well, I mean, I was a child of the 80s. I remember sitting in my mom's lap riding around in a Corvette, cruising around. <laughs> that was just the norm. 
car. They would put my parents under the jail for doing that now. <laughs> I mean, Maybe that, that actually explains about, a lot. You though. know, okay, I'll tell you. I'll t- I want to give you a little story about parenting and, and this. And I love, and before I say this, as a little disclaimer, I love you, Mom and Dad. Don't cut me out of the wheel. All right. So, that being said. But if you do, you can just slide me right on in. You know how everybody flips their stuff now about, like, the kids getting locked up in the car. It's absolutely horrible. You know what I mean? It's right. hot. I mean, it is. It's, it's horrible. And every time I see that, it makes me think about my parents. <laughs> That's not good. They test drove a car. And uh, they were uh, they drove it somewhere, and they locked it with me in it. <laughs> and I sat in that car for, like, four hours. It wasn't maybe not quite four hours, but it was a while. Like it was hours because it's like a Saturday. The dealership was already closed. They had to call somebody out there, unlock the dealership, get another key, bring it out to where they were. The uh, but I was in that car for that long. I mean, I was a small child. So they just accidentally locked you in there. Yeah, That's and right. uh, you know, I mean, now you think about it, you left your child in the car. If if I was a dog, they would put them in prison now. But this is the thing. I mean, and now that's the story they share with their neighbors. <laughs> well, you know, uh, he's never been right since then. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to say I'm starting to see a pattern here. If you know what's wrong, you know. Well, they didn't know it was bad to shake us when we were little. You know, <laughs> they thought it was funny. <laughs> All right, guys, getting back to the safety. The year is 1959. This was uh, I don't know 30 years before Odd Rod was an invention. Um, 1959, the three-point lap shoulder seat belt was invented and became standard in the Volvo. Those now, crafty Swedes. This is before the seat belt was uh, mandatory. Well, the seat belt was mandatory. I mean, it didn't come in cars unless you ordered it. All in what sixty four, four. sixty four. Um, so this is way before you know we even got them over here in the states. But the Volvo picked up and said, "Hey." You know, maybe some sort of a restraint system might be good for the longevity of your life. We'll lasso you down. Yeah. So so thank you, Volvo, for thinking of us. Also in 1959, this is a really cool one, AMC, American Motor Company, became the first to offer an optional headrest for the front seat. Now, you think, well, that's not a big safety innovation. Imagine getting rear-ended. Where's your head going? Exactly, like whiplash. Exactly. So the headrest is actually a safety feature that it's not just something to rest your head on, although that's kind of nice too, but it is actually a safety feature to protect you from whiplash from a rear-end impact. Thank you, AMC. You're no longer with us. Again, 1959. This is really cool. The Cadillac Cyclone, which was a concept car built by Harley Earl, had a radar-based crash avoidance system in it. I could only imagine in 1959 what this was like. Oh, this had to be good. I mean, you've seen what a radar system looked like for a plane. You know, so you could only imagine. You know what the accident avoidance system was before this? Curb feelers. <laughs> yeah, yep. if you're, then you're a little too close. Yeah. But this, this was this is a radar. I don't know how it worked. Uh, I would like. I'm actually going to dig a little more into this just for my own curiosity. I just got to feel it didn't work good. Yeah, it was only on the concept car, which is an interesting fact. And why it didn't travel over, I don't know. Maybe because it didn't work good. But I can only. It actually said it produced an audible and visual warning. I don't know how far it out it worked, but it, you know, it, it's kind of a neat thing to try. It and like pretty much every car that's new ha- now has this technology in it. It's very cool. It's very cool. You know, the, I mean, the cars will stop themselves. What's funny, <laughs> little insider? What's funny is when you hit a bear in your truck. 
It don't stop itself. And they go to working kind of oddly. You got you got any story kind of like that? Actually, I did. Uh, we got a. I was driving a 2016 Silverado and, and, and hit a baby bear, a cub. Yeah, yeah a baby bear. A baby bear, and uh, running about mm, 75 mile an hour. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, how can a man text and drive when there's bears running around everywhere? Exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to send a tweet. <laughs> they really hold up progress. Yeah, I'm telling you, you're riding around in Tennessee, and the worst part of the whole thing. I mean, it was funny. It was a funny story, you know, and. I actually have to post this picture because I don't have a picture with the bear. We didn't kill the bear. He shot off like a cannonball. But the thing that was funny about it was, like, we were dragging, like, the plastic fascia from the bottom of the bumper behind us. And I was scared to death that it was with a big pitch truck service tag on the front of it. It was going to fly <laughs> off and cause a 40-car pileup on 40. So we pulled over in the Wendy's, and everybody's looking at us with this brand-new Chevrolet truck. I'm talking about paper tag new <laughs> with the bumper hanging off of it. And I ripped that I ripped that face off of it, just like, and, I'm, and my dad took my picture holding it. <laughs> and then you can see a guy in the background like, what? <laughs> that boy just tore that bumper off that truck. So uh, He's on that meth. This thing had the uh, had the sensors on it for accident avoidance. And, you know, when you bend the bumper, when you hit something hard and low, what's it do? The bumper gets pushed down. Well, now these sensors are pointing at the ground. <laughs> and so what happens? It beeps and vibrates your seat the entire time you're in Tennessee. So basically you had, like, one of them nice mall vibrating chairs. No, it's more like those cheap beds in the hotel. <laughs> Put a the whole way. Everywhere you went. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, it was not a good feeling. wasn't a good trip at all. On several levels, it wasn't a good trip. Well, at least you know they worked. They, they do work. <laughs> Remarkably. Did it vibrate just before hitting the bear? I, I'm curious. Just barely. <laughs> just barely. I like that. I love it. There's somebody actually coming in the picture. Well, how's the bear? The hell with the bear? I bought my Silverado. <laughs> all right, so. I don't know. I didn't get his insurance card. Yeah. I'm sure Yogi probably ran off with it. Hey, boo-boo. Hey, boo-boo. It might have been boo-boo because it wasn't Yogi. It wasn't that big a bear. It was like, hey, boo-boo, where'd you go? It was like, ouch. Ouch. (laughs) All right, so fast forward into the 60s, January 1st, 1964. Ah, a date we're looking for. Front lap belts became required in any car sold in the United States. All of a sudden, safety's important, people. No, no, no. Safety's not important, actually. They fought tooth and nail on the seatbelt thing. <laughs> the big three and everybody did. And yes, seatbelts came yes. in the cars. Not required. Not required to wear until 1984, 20 years later. Is that not scary? The, and this was the first state that made a mandatory. What was the first state? Uh, I would guess... California. Wrong. New York. Interesting. But yeah, it was the first state in 1984. But seatbelts have been out since 64. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember it was in my lifetime that they became required in the state of South Carolina. Exactly. It hadn't been that long ago. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it was like recently. In my driving career in the state of South Carolina, they became mandatory. So, I mean, it's it's bizarre. Not that I wear one. Really? No. I'm kidding. That's what I was. Sometimes. You kid. I kid. I kid. I kid. But no, I mean, that's bizarre. I mean, you're talking about, that's like, we still don't uh, have to wear helmets riding a motorcycle in the state of South Carolina. Well, that's a South Carolina thing, and it's only a matter of time they're going to change that law. And you got to be over the age of 21. You do have to wear a helmet if you're under 21. Oh, yeah, because your brain's less, you know, 
likely. Well, to your, your skull's not fully developed yet. Uh, you don't want you to hit your soft spot. No, I hate to bounce. I'd, I'd like to just crack it on open. I mean, it's just so bizarre. That it, that it blows my mind that, you know, something that's actually going to save your life. Well, this is the thing, you know, everybody's got their right to what they want to do. And people don't like being told what to do. And now they're being, it's just one more thing. Hey, you wear your seatbelt. It's like your parents telling you to eat your vegetables. Well, I mean, I understand that. And I understand you don't want people infringing on your rights. But God Almighty, they're looking out for your own well-being. And? <laughs> I mean, I don't see, I don't see, you know, the government stepping on the cigarette company's toes. Oh, they have. Or the alcohol they have. But you see where I'm saying? They still let them sell it. That's because they're making money off of it, too. Exactly. And that's the whole point. Not wearing your seatbelt, guess what? You're just giving it to the man, $25 at a time. That's right. I mean, it, it, but it is, it is bizarre to me. It's absolutely bizarre. So, all right, moving on later in the 60s, September 9th, 1966, the National Traffic and Motor Vehicle Safety Act became law in the United States. This was the first mandatory federal safety standards for motor vehicles. So this is when everybody had to start crash testing their cars and making sure they're up to par. Well, and they needed something. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, this isn't like the crash test you see now. No. No, no, no. no, no this no. is many years after that. This, this is like, like the first, like, true attempt at pulling it together. Yeah, this is like Gary goes over and throws a brick on the throttle and it hits whatever it's aimed at. You know, it's real technical. Yeah. Yeah, there's some tape out there. Hope it lands in that mark. It'll be somewhere between that there pole and that there pole. <laughs> I mean, that's it. You know, aim and pray. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we got to pay some bills, and uh, we'll aim and pray you stay with us and come back and listen to this last segment right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 WORD. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Odd Rod. Yes, dude. 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 What's up? Did you pull up in your surfboard on top of your station wagon? You're going to hang 10? No, no. No surfboard Over for me. Over on the Waikiki? No surfboard for Roberto. I guess around here to be Lake Kiwi. Lake Kiwi. All right, so we're talking about safety. We're talking about clicking up the old seatbelt, snapping into the old five-point harness. Click it or tick it. Exactly. Closing the doors, having our safety-proof glass in front of us, airbags all around us, and we're going on a safe travel. Safe travel. Ish. Ish. Anyhow, back to the safety stuff. In 1966, the year was... For the first time, cars were required to have padded dashes, front and rear seat belts, and a white reverse backup light. Well, you know, this is an important thing. Backup lights are extremely important. Extremely important. You know something else that's extremely important, Rob? What's that? Turn signals. Turn signals on. I swear to God, cars sold in South Carolinians didn't come with them. No, no, no. They come with them. They just choose not to use them. Oh, okay. So that's the matter. Okay. Yes, that's that's how it works. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. You know, those are there for a reason. They are there. Can I can I get on my miniature soapbox for a sec? Hang on one second. Let me get let me get back here. You getting it? Ah, okay. There, you go. there it is. There you go. Get up All here. right. Let me get up on this soapbox here. All right, people. This is what happens when you don't use your turn signal. You cause wrecks. That was easy. So let's try, you know, that little knob hanging off your steering column. Flick it. Or ticket. Yes. That would be a good one. Flick it or ticket. I'm going to talk to somebody about that. I'm telling you. 
But, yeah, I mean, it's as simple. Use your, use your turn signal. Trademark Hot Rods and Happy Hour 2017. Exactly. Thank you. Scoosh. High five. All right. So, yeah, seatbelts in the rear seat now. You know. That's right. We don't want the kids flying around. Yeah, that, finally, we're kind of getting a little safe. That's little pretty- Billy's got a head on him like a bowling ball. You don't want him just slinging around everywhere. <laughs> also in 96, uh, 1966, my apologies, the United States Department of Transportation, or DOT, was established. I'm not sure if this one was good or bad. Why you say that? Because no one works without the DOT. No, I mean... No, the DOT is a great program, and actually it is. Those are the guys out there when you don't want to be salting the roads for you. They're out there doing repairs. They're out there servicing you on the side of the road when you got a flat tire. These guys are actually the ones that put in work. Oh, yeah, they do all kinds of work with the DOT. Yeah. It's a lot more than just roads. Yeah. Oh, there's, yeah. You know, well, we know plenty of DOT members. Yes. And these guys are the ones, These are they're like the mailmen of the road, if you will. The mailman. They're working when you don't want to be. They're out there doing things for others when you don't want to be. You know? They don't get chased by dogs. No, they don't get chased by dogs. They get chased by other cars. Yeah, probably a little <laughs> more treacherous. <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, the DOT was invented in 66, and that's a program that's still around today, obviously. And it really is. You ever see them blue trucks going down the road, and they're on the side of the road? Or the yellow trucks or the white trucks. Yeah, I'm just thinking the roadside assistance right off the top yeah. of my head. The blue trucks on the side of the road. And that's another thing, guys, just safety thing. Someone sitting on the side of the road, get over. Yeah. Let's don't try to hit them. Yeah. Well, please, it's, it's kind of like bad juju to hit somebody. Well, I mean, yeah, there, we actually did a show for a uh, for a record driver. They got killed on 85. Exactly. For that very reason. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, you know, while we're here and talking about safety, let's get serious for a moment and respect that law. You know, you see a police officer, a fire truck, EMS worker, tow truck, you know, SCDOT on the side of the road, you know, a semi-truck with a flat tire, a civilian vehicle with a flat tire, any number of things. Get over. Give them a little grace room. That's all you got to do. I mean, it's not that big a deal. Just slide on over. Well, use that blinker first, though. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good time to try out your blinker. See if they're still working. Another little tip. This is a cool thing. You ever turn on your blinker and it's blinking way faster than normal? You got to burn out bulb. Yeah, exactly. A little safety feature they put in those cars. Not hyperspeed blinkers. It's not no, well, It's not a safety feature either. It's just the load that's on the flasher has been took off of it. That's the reason it's flashing fast. Yeah. So, 1968, side marker lights came out. Side marker lights in 1968. That's something that's really crazy, too. And, and being a big C10 truck guy, that's reading your 67s have no side markers, but 68s do. <laughs> also made a lot of work for a lot of us guys getting rid of side that marker, marker lights. lights. and take them back off. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's a, you know, I mean, I mean, I'll be honest with you, they're a lot cleaner without them, but, you know. It really is a good safety feature. It I is. mean, it's not bad at all. All right, so we're going to flash forward a few years. The year is 1979. The National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration began crash testing. In 1979. Yes. That's crazy, but they were talking about it in the 60s. They were talking about it in the 60s, but in 79, we're actually doing it. Now we got the... Now you want to talk about some fun crash test cars? Because they really realized how dangerous cars were. Yes. And probably one of the most dangerous that we were actually talking about was the DeLorean. You can actually go on YouTube and watch early DeLorean crash tests. These things fold up like a Pepsi can. Well, how about, you know. Think and about, they look like a Pepsi can. Think about all the cars that didn't get crash tested that would have been nice. How about the Pinto? Yeah. 
Yeah, we'd have knew it blew up. <laughs> you know, the C10 truck with the you tank. Know, you know, the Ford Pinto with its optional Flint-made bumper. <laughs> is that bumper made in Flint? No, it's made by Flint. No, it's made of Flint. <laughs> yes. It's an instant strike. <laughs> it's I mean, virtually a big lighter with wheels on it. It's about the size of one, too. Yeah, really. I mean, this, you know, so there were some cars throughout time that were just a, a travesty, man. They were terrible. It, it was, there were some really bad ones out there. I mean, it's like the Chevrolet trucks with saddlebag tanks. Yes. Yes. I mean, and I love. <laughs> I've how, owned about five of them. And I love how Dateline, these vehicles are dangerous. Or the Firestone tires that blew out when you run your tires low on air pressure. I'm going to feel a little secret. Any tire you run on low air pressure will blow out. Yeah, eventually, yes. Yeah, it's inevitable. Theirs just happen to do them a little bit quicker. That's why I talk, I, that's why I like to call return customers. That's right. It wears out quicker. You're gonna you come need, back for more. You need you another tar. <laughs> All right. So the year was 1986. Third brake lights became mandatory. Another thing us car guys try to get rid of. Uh, well, you know, some some are cool. You know, like I said, I hold your pickup trucks. I put them in the top of the cabs. And you, know, and, you, and you had a thing that was really crazy is picking out that third brake line on, like, your 85 model cars because they didn't want to redesign them. So these things were like add-ons. It was so bad how they were added on. I mean, they were just like, a lot of times they're just totally out of place on those 86 model year cars. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, they would just be, like, sitting on the back dash. Just yeah. a little, little pod. Yeah. Just slammed it up there. But, I mean, it's Impossible to clean around, by the way. Oh, yeah. Of course. And always had dead bugs sitting around. <laughs> like a dead bee in there, you know. Some cookie crumbs. Don't know how they got there. So this is mind-blowing, mind actually. So the Crash Safety Administration began crash testing in 79. Not until 94. Was it mandatory? This is mind-blowing. It was not mandatory to crash test and do safety ratings on a car until 1994. Jesus Christ, where were we as people? I'm telling you, it's insane. I'll tell you another one that's really crazy. You're talking about, I was looking at a little cheat sheet right here. You're talking about turn signals. You know what year they were invented? What's that? 1937. So turn signals were invented in 1937. Dude, that is peaking a century ago. That's 80 years. 80 years. And we still haven't, that's four score in biblical terms, and we still haven't learned how to use them. It's insane. I mean, this is mind-blowing. I, I hate to pick up the soapbox again, but this is mind Put the soapbox down, I'm putting, it, I'm putting it down, but let me just say, 80 years to get this right. That's kind of like Reese Cup has had 80 no, years. No, they haven't even got it right yet. I know. Reese Cup has had 80 years to figure out a way to make the uh, chocolate not stick to the wrapper and can't figure it out. Just like we haven't figured out how to I use I love that of, reference. Yeah. It had to be Reese Cups. Well, it was 80 years, too. It's mm-hmm. the only thing I can think of is 80 years old. Everything else is dead by now. Tell you what, I bought some of the QT the other day. I think they were 80 years old. I broke a tooth on those things. <laughs> but, I mean, but this is the thing, though. I mean, with the car safety, and we joke around about it, but it's a very, very important thing. I mean, cars right now are safer than they've ever been, and the technology every day is getting better and better. Well, I'm going to tell you guys, if you've ever in, uh, experienced a bad car wreck like I have, uh, back in 2011, Thanksgiving Day, I rolled a truck. I don't even know how many times, somewhere in the neighborhood, 10 times. Very bad wreck that fortunately I was able to walk away from with very, very minimal uh, injuries at all. But that don't happen anymore. No. Uh, you know, I mean, it happens, but very rarely. Yep. So safety is important. And coming back and listening to us next week is very important. That's going to be all the time we have for today. I tell you what, guys, come on back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour next week. Same Hot Rod time.
Same Hot Rod channel. You've been listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 106.3 WORD. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.